This is episode number 73 with John Lee Dumas of the Founder Podcast. What you need is thirst. You need to be a thirsty human. Who is intent on learning. It's a really fascinating, fascinating exploration of human potential. Now. 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 The Founder Podcast. Even the greatest entrepreneurs had help. If you want to learn from the most successful founders on the planet, you are in the right place. Branson, Mark Cuban, Tony Robbins, Tim Ferriss, Ariana Huffington, Seth, Steve Case, Gary V, Sophia Amoroso, Robert Corcoran, Damon John. Learn from the greatest minds in business today with interviews hosted by Nathan Chan. This is not your average entrepreneur podcast. The Founder Podcast. Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Before we start today's episode, I just want to let you know that our goal at Founder is to help entrepreneurs succeed however we can by giving away high-quality content in the form of interviews, blog posts, podcasts, YouTube videos, you name it. We put out so much content to help you. And another interesting project that we're working on right now is partnering with world-class founders like Damon John, Alexa Von Tobel, Greta Van Riel, and so many more to teach crucial skills like negotiation, finance, e-commerce, and so much more. So if you'd like to get access to these free trainings with founders like this, which is 100% free, just go to founder.com forward slash free. Okay, so now let's talk about today's episode. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Founder Podcast. My name is Nathan Chan and I am your host coming to you live from Melbourne, Australia. And this is the first time you'll hear from me officially in 2016. So I just have to say, guys, I am super pumped for 2016. I've just wrote out my goal pyramid. And if you don't know what a goal pyramid is, please do refer to episode number 56, where... uh, one of my mentors actually breaks down one of our community members' businesses and uh, shows him the power of setting goals and and, uh, how to create a goal pyramid. So yeah, I've set my goals for 2016. There's some pretty big, audacious goals. I want to hit uh, some pretty big targets, but I'm super, super excited because it's funny Ever since I started doing this goal pyramid thing, uh, for the past two years, I've been running Founder for two and a half years, almost, yeah, coming close to three years in March. Ever since I've been doing these goal pyramids, every single time I always smash my goals. So there's something so incredible about this method that Matthew shares. I'll just leave it at that. It's actually 5 a.m. here, Monday morning. I'm on the hustle We're just about to launch this new membership site, this new club called Founder Club. I'm so excited about it, guys. This is going to change the game for our business, our community, and yeah, it's going to be absolutely amazing because what we've found is we've got so many entrepreneurs, startup founders, aspiring entrepreneurs, you know, we've got so many amazing people. And they're just like scattered across all these different uh, assets or, you know, um, I guess, networks that, that we have part of the brand. Like, you know, we've got you guys that are listening to the podcast, but you might not follow us on Instagram. We have, you know, over half a million people on Instagram. Then we have, you know, 100,000 people read our blog every month. And then we have, you know, close to 130,000 people that read our email newsletter every month. Then we have you know, 25,000 people that read the magazine. So, you know, we have all these little silos taking place and we really needed a way to connect the community together to, I guess, give our tribe, the founder tribe, a home. And uh, that's what Founders Club's going to be. I'm super, super excited. (laughs) I'm going to stop saying the word super. Uh, Pretty much, you know, we've got tens of thousands of dollars worth of you know, SaaS and, and startup tools, discounts, uh, you can get access to the magazine, all the back issues, tools, you know, tools galore, recommended tools. We've got 
this amazing platform that we've built and fully customized. And uh, last but not least, you know, it's just a, a brilliant platform for community building. And we've got so much more in store there. So, yeah, really, really excited. Just on the hustle, launching Founders Club this week. If you are interested, please go to foundermag, F-O-U-N-D-R, mag, M-A-G dot com forward slash waiting, W-A-I-T-I-N-G. And uh, you can sign up to be notified. You know, this launch will actually only be for a small amount of community members. As you know, we've got quite a, you know, I, I threw off some numbers to you guys. We've got a decent-sized platform. We definitely don't want to maximize the amount of potential people that can join the club and, and have thousands of members uh, straight off the bat. We we really want to only keep it at a couple of hundred uh, inaugural founding members that can join us and we can just get the community really, really down pat. Just really, you know, get the MVP out there. You know, Steve Blank talked about in uh, episode number 64, like, you know, get the MVP out there and just test and, and iterate and get feedback and, you know, just keep changing things to, you know, just make it so amazing. And that's what we're going to do. So <laughs> enough rambling. This has been a big rambling for uh, the first episode of 2016. Let's talk about today's guest, uh, John Lee Dumas. Now he's somebody that, uh, you know, I've connected with him a while back and uh, we've gone up and back and, you know, I had to have him on the show. Uh, you know, he's a, he's an amazing podcaster. He runs one of the top business podcasts on iTunes and he's really, really pioneered this podcasting space. And, uh, yeah, he, he's just a phenomenal entrepreneur. And, uh, what's really interesting about John is he's always doing so many different things. He's always shipping. He's always putting out all these assets. And, uh, you know, he publishes these income reports and he makes, you know, over half a million dollars every single month. And, you know, there was a lot of holes uh, I felt um, that I want to know about those income reports and, you know, how he generates uh, his his revenue every single month. And he's quite transparent about this, you know, how he does webinars, how he builds his email list, how he sells his products. And he's working on a really, really cool product that he's just about to launch. When you hear this interview, we'll just launch called the Freedom Journal. And it's a brilliant way to be able to set goals. And, you know, we talked about goal setting. We talked about, you know, the importance of setting goals and how much of a game changer it's been for me. So I highly, highly recommend you check out the Freedom Journal. So you can sign up and find out more if you go to eofire.com forward slash TFJ2. And, uh, yeah. John talks more about it in this episode. But look, guys, that's it from me. I hope you have an awesome day. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this podcast. I've got so many epic founders and entrepreneurs for 2016. Let's make 2016 the best year yet. All right, let's jump into the show. Okay, so I'm going to ask you the same question I ask every one of our guests to come on and and that is, how'd you get your job? As an entrepreneur, I gave myself my own job. And that's kind of what I love about it is because I had been asking, begging, pleading for jobs for the really first 32 years of my life. And it wasn't until I just said, you know what? It's time to just get out there and create my own job, a job that I want, that I'm actually excited about and passionate about, that EO Fire happens. And took 32 years, Nathan. I mean, I, I struggled and I failed and I flopped all along those times. But uh, when the opportunity arose, when I saw a void out there in the marketplace, when I saw that nobody was creating what I wanted, a seven-day-a-week podcast, interviewing inspiring and successful entrepreneurs, I knew that I could be that person and I wanted to be that person. So I created it. Awesome. And just a quick background on your history what were you doing before Entrepreneur on Fire? I know you did have another entrepreneurial venture um, that I heard in another podcast. Was it, I think it was around, um, you're selling something. I can't remember though. Hmm. 
Actually, I can't either. So <laughs> you'll have to point <laughs> me to that uh, to that interview because my journey prior to EO Fire uh, started back at 22 years old when I graduated college. And I said, you know what? I've just spent four years training as an army officer. Um, and now it's time for me to get commissioned as an officer. And I promptly spent the next four years in the army uh, during 2002 to 2006, which was a pretty crazy time. You know, that was when we invaded Iraq and I spent 13 months in war during that time frame. And when I got out at 26 years old, which was in 2006, I promptly went on to try three different careers and they were in their traditional fields, law, okay. corporate finance, commercial real estate. And I just failed, failed, failed at all three of those. And that was over the course of six years because EO Fire was my first real entrepreneurship venture. You can kind of twist a little bit that real estate, both residential and commercial, has its entrepreneurship kind of things attached to it. And there are, but you're still kind of underneath the overall structure and the hierarchy. So EO Fire was really my first swing of the entrepreneurial bat, so to speak. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Look, I remember it was, uh, with, uh, there was an interview I heard with Greg, I think, and it was quite in depth where you talked about your, your past and you were doing some real estate stuff and you're doing outsourcing. Do you know what I'm talking about now? Absolutely. So when I was in real estate, I quickly realized that, hey, this is like the worst time to be in real estate because it was 2008, 2009. In the United States, the markets crashed, specifically where I was in Southern California. We're talking 40% drops in the values of homes. Wow. So here I was, a real estate agent with no background, no history, no clients, trying to make it work. And it obviously wasn't going to happen. You know, nobody was buying, nobody was able to sell. It was a nightmare. So I said, well, what can I do to actually generate revenue here? So I started like taking some online courses and, and seeing some new things. And, and basically one thing that came up was that all of the banks needed to reevaluate the market value of their homes within their portfolios because it was about 40% lower. You know, they had thought a home was worth a million dollars, but it was actually now only worth $600,000 because it had dropped 40% in its value. But to prove that so they could lower their tax that they want, they were going to pay on that, they had to have a verified broker go out and complete what's called a BPO, a broker price opinion of value. And they weren't willing to pay much money for it. So they were only willing to pay 50 bucks to go do an actual market evaluation of this house. And that meant driving out to the property, taking pictures of the property, coming back, finding three comparables for sale, three comparables that had recently sold, doing all this work for 50 bucks. And I said, there's a reason why real estate agents hate doing this and nobody's doing it is because it doesn't work if you're going to do one at a time. How can I scale this? So long story short, I ended up hiring a team of 13 virtual assistants in the Philippines, trained them how to do this work, was telling the bank, hey, send me as many BPOs as you can, 50, 100 a day, it doesn't matter, I can take care of them. They had way too many to take care of, so they just kept sending me hundreds. I was making, you know, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars a week at times during the heyday yeah, with wow. my Filipino based team. So that was definitely kind of my first taste of, you know, I'm still in real estate, which is a very traditional market. It's not necessarily entrepreneurial, but I'm starting to have some light bulbs go off about what's possible out there. Mm. Yeah, that's super creative, man. And uh that's pretty impressive for not doing anything previously, like to make that kind of money like that. Does anyone tell you that? Yeah, absolutely. But I do point to the fact that I invested in myself. You know, I went out there and I found some online courses and communities that were teaching this stuff. So what it just took for me was to say, hey, I need to go find people that are being different, that are being unique, that are, you know, just kind of zigging when other people are zagging and see what's working for them and then just replicate it for, for me. I'm a huge believer that we're all standing upon the shoulders of giants. I definitely know that my podcast, I look back to people who inspired me to launch EO Fire. You know, I learned from them and they learned from people that came before them. So 
it's so important not to duplicate and replicate and copy. And we see a lot of people doing that out in there in this world. Mm. But there's nothing wrong with investing in yourself, learning from those who are teaching it and who have come before you, and then implementing their structures, what's worked for them, with what will work for you individually as a person. Mm. And I think that's something you're very, very good at. And just like hearing about that real estate story of you, you have a really great mindset of, of if something's working, how can you scale it up and just really focus and really, really ramp it up big time. And yeah, one of my favorite words is amplify. Amplify. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. You're very, very good at that. I'm curious though, what were these courses and communities that you joined, you know, what, three, four, five years ago? Yeah, even more than that. I mean, this was 2009. So this was like six years ago. I just moved out to San Diego. The market crashed. I didn't know anything about real estate. I figured I was going to learn and I say, hey, if I can just sell one $1 million home a year, I'm fine with, with the commission. So I'll, I'll figure it out. But then again, nothing was selling. So I had to get creative. So I did my little Googling and searching and, and I found this and I'm sure they're still going. I haven't, I haven't checked them out for a while, but I mean, they had a really good thing going. It was called Harris Real Estate University. So H-R-E-U.com. And they just had these, uh, it was trainings. They did phone calls with people that were successful. And it was one of my first experiences with like a quote unquote podcast. Cause they were, they did kind of like release podcasts like mp3s that people within the community could listen to like i'll never forget like listening to this couple and they were talking about how they were doing short selling and bpos and this one girl was called bpo jen like that was her name and i never never remember forget like she signed off that one day by being like you know i have all of my kids you know are doing these evaluations and, and all my you know my, my husband comes home from work and, and he helps me with these bpos and i was like Light bulb, I, I can do it, but I don't need to use 11 year olds. I can actually use like people that I pay, you know, money, but that are working for me full time. I can do it better than her. And I'll never forget, she signed off and she goes, I got to go. I have 21 BPOs to do today. And I was like, wow, 21 times 50. That's a thousand dollars. She has a thousand dollars of BPOs to do today. And she's gonna make a thousand dollars today. And to me, that was mind blowing. And you know, fast forward six months, I had implemented my systems and just made her systems better, you know, improved what she was doing. And I was getting a hundred, two hundred. One day I even had five hundred BPOs in one day. Wow. So you're making good money, man. Good money for a good amount of time too. It was like three years, like end of 2009 to 2010 to 2011 into 2012, I was rocking and rolling BPOs with this full team all based in the Philippines. Yeah. Wow. And what happened after that? You went, you, you started a nine to five job, right? You, you moved somewhere else or did something else. What, what happened? Yeah, so I was rock and roll and I had it, um, my, my team set up, so everything was automated. And I frankly started kind of getting a little bored. I was like, <laughs> I'm waking up in the morning. You know, I now have a virtual assistant who checks all my emails. You know, she's like the manager and she delegates out to the, to the other 12 virtual assistants. And she, she coordinates everything. Like, I'm just really jumping on the phone with the bank every now and then to make sure that, you know, I'm still getting my steady stream of orders in, but man, I don't have a lot going on. But also Nathan, I also knew that this was a finite opportunity, meaning mm. that there was only so much time that was, this was going to be a great opportunity for a number of reasons. Number one, other real estate agents were catching on slowly, but surely and they were saying, Oh, okay. Like I see what John's doing. I could probably do that too. Number two, you know, the market was improving, you know, three years had gone by almost at this point. I had been doing this for almost three years. The market was improving. So the banks no longer needed as many of these readjustment values as they did before. And again, I just saw the writing on the wall. It, everything in life is a cycle. This real estate bust, this next real estate boom podcasting, it's all cyclical, you know, digital magazines, we're all going to have our cycles, period. It's just going to happen. It's, it's how we react to those cycles. 
is was going to see if we're successful or not. So I saw the writing on the wall. I knew that this was eventually going to peter out into nothing or, or just into nothing that I was going to be interested in doing. Like I wasn't, I was never going to go back to doing like five BPOs a day and being happy about it, which I was thrilled about, by the way, back on day one, that was not going to happen for me. So I put my feelers out. I got an incredible job offer to move back to my home state of Maine and get into commercial real estate, which to me was like a real job, a real career. You put on a suit and a tie every day to work and you work on big deals. And it was a great opportunity. So I jumped on it. I see. I'm curious if you were making that kind of money though, man, how come you decided to go and get another nine to five job? Uh, how come the, the thought didn't cross your path to do something else? Because that's kind of entrepreneur. That's quite innovative, dude. Yeah. You know, honestly, again, I, I saw that it was running out. Like I knew yeah. that I saw the writing on the wall. So I knew the money was going to dry up. But, but I, I will say I was very frugal with it. So I had built up a big time savings with that money. But I also knew that it wasn't going to be something that I could just, you know, move to Jamaica and, and, and waste my days <laughs> away. And to be honest, you know, that is for some people. Like some people would be really happy doing that kind of thing. But that's just not me. Like I'm I'm an active person, like waking up with just uh, sitting on the beach all day. It's it's good for a week. And I love taking vacations. I just got back from a great cruise. We're actually, we happen to go to Jamaica as one of our stops. And I loved the, the vacation, but I'm an active person. Like I like to have my finger on the pulse. I like being cutting edge. I like doing things that matter and interacting with people that matter. Like it's, it's always been big on my agenda list. So I, I saw the writing on the wall with this and I said, you know, I, I kind of want to take a step into a, a real legitimate career. And to be honest with you, I wish looking back then that I had had an idea more entrepreneurial than getting into commercial real estate because I soon found out I only lasted one year in commercial real estate because it was not for me. I was not meant to go back into the traditional workforce and that became very apparent to me pretty quickly. And I, and I failed as a commercial real estate broker because it just wasn't me. But I thought it was the right move at the time. It was bringing me back to my home state. You know, I was going to be back with my high school friends and my college friends. And I thought it was going to be awesome. And it was for all of those reasons. But the actual job was just not for me. Mm, I see. And then, and then you launched Entrepreneur on Fire or, or now EO Fire. And... Uh... You're crushing it, man. It's an absolute beast. And Well, like, thank you. Like, and I can actually still remember super, the day. Yeah, it's super inspiring. Take us back to that day just uh, for the audience. Well, I can still remember the day that I walked out of the commercial broker firm for the first time knowing that this is not my future. This is not my career. And I went back home. I changed. I put on a T-shirt and some shorts. And I just went for this long walk in the city. You know, I was listening to a couple podcasts and I was – hearing like people like Andrew Warner from Mixergy and Pat from Smart Passive Income, just like talking about what they were doing and interviewing people and what they were doing. And I said, man, that's exciting to me. Like, you know, sealing deals on these multi-million dollar properties, it does just, it's just, it's excites some people, but it just doesn't excite me. And I just faced that reality, like on that walk. And it was actually on that walk that I said, I need to start listening to more of these episodes. And so then I went back and, you know, I went to, to download some more episodes where they were interviewing entrepreneurs. And to my shock, I was like, there just aren't really many shows out there that do that. And the shows that are out there are only doing it like one day a week, two times a month. Like they, they just did not have a large quantity. And I was like, man, I need more of this. I, I want to be listening to a podcast episode every other day. There must be other people like me. And that was the void that I stepped into, Nathan. That was me following Gandhi's quote, be that change you wish to see in the world. And that was me launching EO Fire back in September of 2012, clueless, had it, having never broadcasted before, having no online presence. My first real entrepreneurial adventure and journey was EO fire. And I'll tell you, it was, it wasn't pretty for, for a significant amount of time. I mean, I wasn't a good podcast host. I didn't know how to run an online business. I didn't know what I was doing, but you know, going back to that, 
legitimate bank account that I built up over those couple of years, mm. banking all that money in real estate, the thing I had going for me was I had a long runway. I had a runway that I could really make things happen with. And so I could go nine months, which I did without making a dollar, without making a penny and just continue to invest in myself with courses, with mentors, um, with equipment, all this stuff, you know, spending more than $20,000 just on that stuff over nine months before I turned even a little bit of a profit with EO Fire. Mm, and you've been very, very good at that to just go on and just learn from people that are doing it really, really well. Like I'm on, I'm on your newsletter and, and you, you were an affiliate for, I can't remember the guy's name, but he seemed like a really good copywriter. And uh, now I can see you're an amazing Ray Edwards. Ray Edwards, there you go. So like you just find people that are crushing it and you learn from them, you implement and you amplify it. Oh, love that. That's a great way to put it. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's spot on. And like, as I said, uh, before we, we, we jumped on the call off record, like the things I want to talk to you about in specific, like is your income reports because you publish these income reports for those listening. John publishes these income reports on, on eofire.com and they're really inspiring. Like, you know, this month alone, I'm, I'm just looking at it now, like the October 2015 breakdown, you generated in total like like over over $550,000 almost, almost four, so $542,000 that was your gross income for October. And that's, that's extremely inspiring. And you netted 439K. Like what, why did you decide to do that? And then I really want to go deep on those numbers and, and find out how you're doing that. Cause I'm sure people would really appreciate this because um, you write these in-depth blog posts, but there's questions that I'm sure a lot of people have. Yeah. And I'd love to answer any and all questions that you have, Nathan. Cause like you said, you know, your audience, I'm sure any questions that you have, you know, any things that they kind of, interest you is, is probably pretty similar for your readers and for your listeners as well. So I definitely would love to chat about it because there's one thing I pride myself on is transparency. And in a little pre-interview chat, you actually asked me, you're like, Hey, like, is that okay if we talk about this stuff? I'm like, dude, there's nothing you can ask me that I won't answer. Like I am a completely open book and to kind of really trace back and to get specific on to why I decided to start publishing an income report you know, again, I'm going to point back to me standing up on the shoulders of giants. You know, I, I've never invented a wheel in my life. I've just looked at the wheels that are out there and I said, hey, how can I make that wheel a little better for me, for what I want to do, for my audience, for Fire Nation? And since 2010, Pat Flynn's been publishing a monthly income report and it inspired me so much. I was like, man, here's a nice guy, a cool guy who is just doing it. He's making things happen. I'm so inspired. He's laying it out there. He's showing what works, what doesn't work, X, Y, and Z. And, and he's making money. He's generating revenue doing it. That's so inspiring. And I said to myself, if I ever get to the point where I'm actually generating any kind of revenue, I want to do the same thing for podcasters that Pat Flynn does for bloggers and for people that are looking to generate passive income. And that month came in September of 2013, exactly one year to the date of me launching EO Fire. We started generating revenue, like significant revenue. And I said, okay, let's do this. You know, I, I want to start showing people what we're being successful with when it comes to generating revenue so that they can see what's working for me. So just like me, how I emulate others and their success, Fire Nation can emulate my success. Podcasters can now come and see exactly what's working for me, how I'm doing it, and they can emulate that success. But as you know, Nathan, from reading these reports yourself, we also talk about the failures and we get in depth on those because I also want podcasters to see my failures, my mistakes, my missteps, so they can avoid those pitfalls. I don't want them to make the same mistakes that I did if they don't have to, because mistakes are a waste of time. So if you can avoid those, I'm happy to be that guinea pig for Fire Nation. And that's why we do that. So our income reports now, you know, we've been doing them for over two years. The year 2015, we're going to cross $4 million in revenue, yeah, wow. and we share it all. Yeah, we share it all with Fire Nation. 
Yeah, and that's that's extremely impressive. That's, that's a super fast growing company, man. And there's, I'm sure, a lot of people can take away from this. I'm still waiting for Inc. 500 to call. I mean, they obviously <laughs> just don't realize what's going on over here. Don't you? We have things like that here in Australia. Don't you have to just apply to 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 be like they don't like is that is that how is that the same for you for us? There's one called BRW and there's one called Smart Company, like 100, 500, fast moving 50 or whatever. And you just have to apply. Is You don't have to apply for Inc. 500 to get in or you just... Yeah, you know, that's probably something I should look into. <laughs> <laughs> well, because I thing, never if have. You make, if you make your income public, there's no worries about applying and, and, and being... Right. They yeah. should, I just feel like they should come find me, basically. <laughs> no, but what it comes down to is like, it's funny, like I look at the Inc. 500 and they'll be like, this company made $1.8 million in revenue, which is, by the way, phenomenal. Hmm. But then they'll be like, you know, employees, 43. And I'm like, what? Yeah, well, I was looking is at the exact actually, same yeah. for, for here in Australia yeah. for these things. It's crazy. Like, Is, yeah. is, is $1.8 million in gross revenue really that good when you have 43 employees? And when you do the math, oh. probably not, actually. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I know. It's at EO Fire... It's myself, my girlfriend who works in the same place that I work and lives in the same place that we live. We, we work we work out of our home, and then we have seven full time, independent contractors, whom we pay incredibly well for their cost of living in their countries. But you know, it's a few thousand dollars a month total, and wages that we pay out for our business that again, this month netted $439,000. So if you're listening, like these are the type of businesses that you want to be building businesses like Nathan's and businesses like mine who not only generate significant revenue, but keep significant revenue. I don't care that you, you, you made, you know, $11 million. I'm not jealous of you as a company. Mm. If you, if you generated $11 million with 175 employees, I'm not, I, I wouldn't trade for the world for that extra, you know, $7 million they made above me, but with the extra 169 employees that make that net revenue, like probably nothing. Yeah. That that's so spot on, man. And, and, and it's so funny that you made that correlation because I did the same when I was <laughs> looking at the BRW and, and the, the ones that just came out this month for Australia, like this, these people make you know, phenomenal amounts of money with these ridiculously sized teams. So you said you have seven contractors, what are their roles out of curiosity? Yeah, so we have very specific roles um, for our contractors. Number one, I have my own personal virtual assistant, and he does like all of the editing, tagging, uploading, scheduling for EO Fire. Like he handles everything basically that I can train him to do and take off my plate. He does sending of the email reminders, the thank you emails, like everything that, that again, I can automate and train. He does. We have a team of two. We actually, and one thing that I really recommend for people to do is to number one, we just hired one at first and we trained her for over a year. But then once we got her to where we wanted her to be, and then we also realized that, Hey, her plate's getting pretty full. We hired her an assistant, and that works out so well. Like, cause now we can just let her Manage it. decide how she wants to delegate. And it gives her this feeling of loyalty and this feeling of ownership in what she does. So that's been great. So th there's three people. Kate has her own personal assistant, just like mine, who does like whatever, takes off whatever off her plate that she needs to. Um, we have a graphic designer that we pay a retainer for. We have a website designer slash coder that we also pay a retainer for. Um, we have a CPA that we actually bring into our monthly income reports as well. And we also have an accounting team. We use Kahuna Accounting uh, for our, all of our monthly accounting. And I guess I, I might as well bring up our CPA's business, which has been great because he's become a good friend of mine, uh, Josh Bowerly. And you can find him at cpaonfire.com. And what's pretty cool about that, Nathan, is that after he's been working with me for about a year, he's like, John, all of my clients are coming as referrals from Fire Nation. I'm like, you should rebrand to CPA on fire, like totally joking. And like the next week he had bought the domain, changed his website. He's like, I wasn't sure if you were serious or not. So I didn't want to ask. I just wanted to do it. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy, man. Yeah. So he's CPA on fire.com. And uh, yeah, and that's our team. And, you know, they're, they're great people across the board. And every time 
you know, I'm, I'm sending them money. Like, I'm just like, wow. Like it's an honor to, to actually be providing livelihoods for these amazing people. Mm. So look, I think it's safe to say you have a very, very sustainable, profitable, successful business model. I'm curious, have, have you ever had any investors, people wanting to buy into your pie? Like, have you, has that ever come around? I've never had an interested party to, uh, to reach out to me to buy EO Fire. I think one reason for that, and I could be wrong, but if I had to guess, would be because I'm such the voice of EO Fire mm. that it really, I mean, what is EO Fire without me? And, mm. and I will say one thing is that, like, and now without Kate too, because she's launched her podcast. She's become a huge voice with her blog posts. Um, but, you know, if you take us out of the equation, which if we sold, we'd probably would want to be out of the equation. It's kind of like, what do you have? You know, you have like an email list, you have subscribers to a podcast, but like what is left? So that's the decision that we made. You know, we didn't build a business to sell. We didn't build a business for an exit. Some people do that. And I think that's fine and great, mm. but our business is focused on, Hey, what do I want to bring to the world? And I wanted to bring my voice. I wanted to bring my personality. I wanted to bring my mistakes and my successes. And I wanted to be vocal about it. I wanted to be the face. And, and that was a decision that we made. And again, I can't complain looking at the results. Yeah, that's it, man. Um, and I agree. Yeah. Look, uh, it is like EO fire is, is, is very, uh, I guess a personal brand in a sense behind yeah. you, but no, look, that that's a choice you've made and you know, you're, you're crushing it, man. So let, let's let's delve a bit deeper into the numbers. I'm sure many people will be curious around this, and some people don't even know you publish income reports. So people will find this interesting. I, I'm most curious around Podcasters Paradise. Now, you do weekly webinars, right? Still to this day, you still do weekly webinars? Now we're actually doing twice a month, so every other week. Gotcha. And in October, you generated $288,000. You so you, so that was generated from two webinars mainly, or like how does that how does that work? Like how do you one get people to come to your webinars? Two, like what is your conversion? What does your show up? Yeah, like I'm really curious around that. I'm sure the audience would be as well. Sure. Yeah, love all those questions. So I will say this. So October, which is the month that we're talking about is actually a, a fairly unique month. And I can share specifically why. I mean, it was our biggest month of revenue ever. You know, we typically do closer to two to $300,000 per month in revenue. We definitely like average that over the course of the entire year. This month was significantly more because the last three days of October, we ended up um, doing a closing of Podcasters Paradise. We closed the doors temporarily because what we're doing right now is we're transitioning Podcasters Paradise from what it was, which was lifetime membership. When you bought, you were a lifetime member. Now we're transitioning it so that when we open the doors in December, so about a month from when we're talking right now, when we reopen the doors, Podcasters Paradise is going to be a monthly or annual recurring fee. So that investment will keep going. There's, there'll be no lifetime membership. So that was a huge quote unquote scarcity play, or it was just a huge incentive for a lot of people who were on the fence and saying, you know what, I, I want to get into podcasters paradise, but you know, now's not the right time. Maybe I'll wait. We said, Hey guys, in three days, we're closing the doors. It's going to be closed for all of November and it will be closed into the month of December. And when we do reopen lifetime memberships gone. And we also gave some other bonuses if people wanted to join in the last couple of days before we close the doors. And then boom, the door slammed shut. And in those three days, Nathan, we did 171 sales of Podcasters Paradise at an average price of thirteen ninety seven because we kept increasing the price over those three days yeah, wow. to build in some more scarcity for a total of $225,000. So the vast majority of, of that $288,000 came in just the three days of that kind of closing the door campaign of Podcasters Paradise. So the, those numbers are completely real, but they're bigger than normal because of that three-day close. Typically, we're more close to about anywhere from like eighty-five dollars to $125,000 a month of Podcast Paradise members. So getting back to your question about webinars, 
I have what's called freepodcastcourse.com. Now, anybody that's listening right now can go to freepodcastcourse.com and you can sign up for a completely free 15-day course on how to create, grow, and monetize your podcast. Again, it's free and it's a complete course. You will know by the end how to do those things, how to create, grow, and monetize your own podcast. Very valuable. But now where the huge value for us is, is I've had over 25,000 people, Nathan, sign up for that specific course. Think about wow. how targeted of an email list that is. People that have signed up for a free podcast course. So every time we're about to host a live webinar, which is every other week, I email free podcast course list and I say, hey guys, you're obviously interested in podcasting because you took, you're taking my free course or you took it you know, a month ago or ho however long ago it was. I would love if you checked out our completely free workshop this coming Wednesday at 11 a.m. I'm going to teach you how to do everything you learned and more within this workshop. And it's completely free. And I have a couple of gifts for you if you come. And that is where we're consistently able to get 100, 200, sometimes even 300 people live on these webinars every other week despite the fact that we often don't do any Facebook advertising whatsoever. It's all organic. Now, mind you, we definitely in the past have and will at some points in the future strategically use Facebook advertising to get people to our, web, to, to our webinars because it's a great tool. I love it. But it allows us not to have to do it every single time, which is a huge benefit. Mm. Okay. So, so you get how many usually registrations for these webinars you do? We'll typically get between 600 to 1,000 registrations per webinar. From that, we typically see about a 20 to 25% show up rate. So, you know, let's say we get 1,000 registrants. We'll pretty much get somewhere between 200 to 250 people showing up live mm. on that actual workshop. And then we'll typically do anywhere from like 30 to 50 sales on that webinar. Typically, if we have 250 people there, we'll probably be between 30 and 40. If it's a really good webinar, and maybe because we're doing a special bonus or giveaway or something, we might get up to 50. But those are uh, very consistent numbers. So, yeah, wow. So you, you're closing at like 20 to 25 percent. I say more like 15 to 20 percent. 15 to 20 percent for your webinars. Yeah. Wow. At a two thousand dollar webinar. product. Well, well no, it's, no, it's um the product was twelve ninety seven until we upped it to thirteen ninety seven, but again that was right before we closed the doors, and then when we reopen it up, it's going to be either annual nine ninety seven or monthly ninety nine dollars. Uh, and yeah, I'm sure people would be curious why did you why like that's a bold move to move to a more recurring type model. Obviously, like you're a smart guy. You obviously think that uh, in terms of lifetime value, it will be more beneficial to you? Yeah, fortune favors the bold, so I'm always trying new things. And the reality is this. We had been using the scarcity and the incentive for about a year now saying, hey, guys, we are at some point in the future – going to move to a recurring model. So if you join now, you're going to be a lifetime member. Like I would hammer that point home. So I would really use that for over a year on these webinars, knowing full well that we always were going to. It was just a matter of when. Now you just can't as an entrepreneur, you just can't be that boy that cries wolf forever. You know, that's just reality. And I never intended to be that person. But the reality was I said, hey, it's time. It's time to make that move. You know, we've been talking about it for a while now. Um, we've used that incentive to great success. Now it's time to honor our word and make that move. And we've done so. Okay, interesting. So you you believe that your lifetime value of, of your community members will outweigh how much you're generating or it's just kind of you had to either way? Yeah, maybe not. Uh, the, the LTV actually might drop. And you know what? That's Okay. Um, because we've built an amazing community of 2,700 members within Podcasters Paradise. Those are 2,700 lifetime members who are there. They're going to be our core community mm. for years and potentially decades to come. And that's going to keep people that keep coming in on the monthly to say, hey, you know what? It's worth sticking around here. I'm going to stick around and keep being part of Podcasters Paradise because of this amazing community. And we're going to make it worth worth their while. So 
it's going to be interesting what happens. You know, I'm definitely not a prophet, so I don't know what the result's going to be. Uh, but I know it's the right move at the right time. Mm. Yeah, you see that a lot of people are actually uh, moving to subscription-based business models now, which is interesting, hey? Yeah, you know, it's one of those things where there's some people that are out there that really have always been banging the walls for the subscription and the monthly recurring revenue. And I get that. But to me, you know, my kind of response was always, well, of course you, the actual entrepreneur, want uh, your monthly recurring revenue to be as high as possible because that benefits you. But my focus for the first two years of Podcasters Paradise was on the actual Paradise member. I wanted what was best for them. But again, I knew that we were eventually going to have to move into the monthly recurring revenue because we can't just have a million people who have lifetime access to a product, you know, that's just, that's just not feasible. Mm, so we had to move to it eventually. Too. Yeah. Cause I mean the, you know, the community gets more and more expensive to service, you know, another one of our virtual assistants pretty much just, you know, we pay to just keep like watch over the community and to service the community. And that takes time. We have a live chat in our community that she mans for most of the day. Yeah, we wow. have, yeah. So there's live chat that you can ask questions anytime throughout the day. And if she can't answer them, she'll email me and I'll pretty much get that pretty quickly because it's a special email. So I'll be able to answer that question pretty darn quickly. Again, if she can't and she can handle most questions. And also we um, match every single person that joins Podcasters Paradise up with an accountability partner. And she does that. Like she finds the two perfect people to be accountability partners introduces them and they're off to the races. So it's a very, you know, time intensive community that we've built within podcasters paradise and heck Nathan, we just got back from the podcasters paradise cruise. I mean, what don't we do? <laughs> yeah, that's true, man. Like that's, that's really impressive the way uh, that you're taking care of your community and looking after them with the accountability partner. Once they're matched up, what happens next? Yeah. So when the accountability partner is matched up, basically it starts with you filling out a quick form on the website. My virtual assistant looks at all the forms, finds two people that are at similar places in their journey, sends an intro email and says, Hey, you guys signed up because you wanted an accountability partner. I think that you guys would be great accountability partners for these reasons. Best of luck off to the races. Here's a PDF that is attached to this email that gives guidelines about how we think a great accountability partnership would look like, you know, kind of gives them like hot seat and, you know, share your successes and your wins kind of gives them a, a template that they can use when they, you know, do their weekly or biweekly calls, whatever they decide. And then they're off to the races. So it is kind of hands off after that point, but it's very hands on until then. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. No, this is really impressive, John. I'm, you blow me away, man. I love your transparency. I'm curious as well. You know how you said that um, you've had, I think it was 25,000 people sign up to your free podcasting course. Do you think that that is one of, one of the best ways that you've used to, uh, I guess, build trust with, with uh, people that might be interested in your, in your course? The number one best way. Whenever I give talks on stage and whenever I just ask for advice, I always bring this up as an example because you as an entrepreneur have to give free, valuable, and consistent content in order to build up know, like, and trust from your listeners, from your audience, from your potential and hopefully future clients and customers. You're not going to get there by charging from day one. You've got to give away your knowledge. And that's what free podcast courses for me. I've also created thewebinarcourse.com. And that is a completely free 10-day course on how to create and present webinars that convert. And it's done the exact same thing, Nathan. It's now allowed me to build up this great credibility and authority in these topics and build up know, like, and trust with the people that have gone through these courses and just really be able to make things happen for them and with them so that when it comes time that they want to take it the step up to that next level, to that premium level, there's Podcasters Paradise waiting for them. There's Webinar on Fire waiting for them. Mm, awesome. And you know how you said each week when you're doing a, a webinar, if you're not using Facebook ads, but you have, uh, you've, you've emailed, do you just email the whole list every time? We do. We yeah, email wow. the list the whole time. 
the whole list. And we have, you know, we're very clear on it though. We're like, hey, do you want to stop receiving this type of communication? They can just click a button and then it will opt them out of that particular, what we kind of, you know, we just kind of call broadcasts, podcast workshop broadcast. So it doesn't take them off of the free podcast course list. It just opts them out of those future broadcasts. So we make it very easy for people to opt out of those, but we do send it to every single one of them every single week. Yeah. Okay. That we have that we have a webinar. Yeah, okay. Yeah, look, that's really smart. Um and you don't do you, you find that people don't get angry or, or annoyed around that? Hey, people are always going to get angry and annoyed. And if you focus on the few people that send back, these are too many emails. I always say, I always reply with a smiley face. The unsubscribe button is at the bottom of this email. You should definitely take action. That's hilarious. Um, And And then they always respond back and they say, I don't want to take the time to click the unsubscribe button. Just remove me from your list. And I say, do you realize, and again, at that point, we just re- we remove them for, from the list. But at that point, I'm like, do you realize it took you 20 times longer to just compose that email and send it back to me than just scrolling down two paragraphs and clicking an unsubscribe button? Yeah, yeah, oh. wow, that's crazy, man. All right, let's keep moving. Uh, yeah, you've really broken this down nicely, and uh, I think there's a ton of actionable takeaways for the audience. We have to work towards... Uh, wrapping up and I noticed like in your income, like you're very good at um, generating an income from affiliate stuff now. And I'm sure people would be really interested around that. It's essentially advertising, like you, but you've broken it down. Like you've got your podcast sponsorship stuff, but then you've got affiliate income. You know, I can see like, cause I'm on your email newsletter and you, you actually do, uh, you, you're quite engaged with your, your email newsletter community. It's really good. And you write amazing emails and you've got great subject lines, uh, and you write great, great copy. But I've always wondered, you know, and this is something that this is a personal question for me, actually. I've always wondered when it comes to promoting other people's products, do you think that that makes it difficult to sell your own products at, at, at some form of a level or, or is that something that you're mindful of to, to balance, you know, how often you're doing affiliate promotions and your own promotions, obviously you're segmenting, but then providing valuable content to, to keep your, I guess your email newsletter community engaged. Um, like what's your take on that and, and how you're approaching everything? I'd like to use the word complimentary here. Like I'm big on providing Fire Nation with the tools they need to succeed. So let me give you some great examples, even from October. And I will say October, again, was kind of an exceptional month, which was another reason why we had our biggest month ever. A couple of our affiliate checks hit that were just really big ones. Like you can see near the top, we got a check from Russell Brunson of ClickFunnels for $70,000. Like I literally received that check in the mail and was like, oh, this is nice. (laughs) (laughs) And it was. So what we do, and I I actually love this, this method, and it's been very successful for us. And I'm going to continue to replicate it is I have people reach out to me all the time and say, hey, John, I have this product, this course, this whatever. Like I'd love to come back on EO Fire and talk about it because they know that, you know, we have a large audience. We generated in October, 1.3 1.3 million listens for our podcast. So it has a big reach. It has a big audience. And so a lot of people want to get back in front of Fire Nation when the time is right. So I can be very picky, and I am. And what I do is I look for guests that have already been on, you know, guests that have already come on EO Fire and shared their story, you know, what I use for, for my format of EO Fire. So my guests have already come on and shared their failure story, their aha moments. They've gone through the lightning round. Like they're known by Fire Nation and they're known by me. I got to know them during that interview and probably some other interactions. So I know these people. So that's kind of the one requirement, number one. Mm. And then they come to me and they say, so I get to kind of, you know, cherry pick and say, okay, like I'm not going to promote any of these people because I don't really know them. And I, and I don't really want to take the time to get to know them because I only have so much time. My, my bandwidth is limited. So I get to kind of pick, you know, the people that have already been on my show and have really just delivered pure value. They weren't pitching anything. They just came on and gave my audience value. And I, and I thank them for that. And they come back and, you know, and Russell's a great example. He said, John, I'm about to um, have a big ClickFunnels promotion. 
I would love to come back on EO Fire and provide value about funnels and about this and about that. I'll make it a great episode. And I said, well, listen, this is what we're going to do, Russell. I'm going to bring you back on EO Fire. We're going to talk specifically not about your journey. We've already done that. We're going to talk about click funnels and about how to create funnels and how to create splash pages and what an upsell and a downsell and, and all these different things are like all the things that click funnels excels at. And then on that actual podcast episode, we're going to drive people to a webinar the same week that Wednesday. And we're going to have what's called a, a joint venture webinar, a JV webinar. And we're going to talk about that webinar on the actual podcast episode. So when people are listening to EO Fire, they can say, oh, if I want to go check out that, that free workshop on Wednesday, I can just go to eofire.com slash click. So they can just go ahead and do that. So we drive typically somewhere between 1,000 to 2,000 signups when we do that. Now, I also marry that with, and now you've seen this, Nathan, by being on my newsletter list. I marry that with a couple of newsletters. I'll typically send an email newsletter on a Monday. And say, hey, the interview that just went live with uh, Russell Brunson, we talked about this. I'd really recommend checking it out. And we're having a free workshop this Wednesday. Click here to sign up for it. So I'll use either one or two newsletters in conjunction with that actual podcast episode to drive people to a free workshop that coming Wednesday or Thursday. Then we'll all get on the workshop. We'll host the workshop. And in, in Russell's case, we had, you know, I think 650 people show up live and 140 people purchased a $1,000 product on that webinar. So that was $140,000 on that webinar, 50% of which was mine, which is why I got that check for $70,000. So that's what I did with Russell, and that's why you know we got that big check. I did the exact same thing with Ray Edwards, the copywriting guy that you mentioned earlier. He was holding a course called Copywriting Academy. So episode went live on Monday. Newsletter went live on Monday and Tuesday, driving people to the free workshop on Wednesday. We did 75 sales of that $1,000 product, half of which was mine. So I generated 3,600 and change from that actual webinar. A little bonus on that, by the way, is that because I came in first place for the most opt-ins for that webinar and because I came in first place for the most sales through his promotion, I got an additional 2500 and an additional 7500 25 for the opt-in, 7500 cash prize for coming in first place for the sales. So add another $10,000 on that. That ended up being about a $45,000 webinar because what wow. you'll see will happen is when people have these promotions in these courses, they'll do these special things for their affiliates to really encourage them to you know, send out more emails and to share and do this and do that. And I came in first place for both of those which ended up being a total of $10,000 in bonus prizes as well, and bonus uh, dollars and bonus money. So that's just two examples. I mean, I just, I did another one with Nathan Barry for ConvertKits. I've done one with Rick Mulready for FB Advantage. I just did one this week that we're talking for my friend Brian Harris for his 10K subs about how to get your first 10,000 email subscribers. And that went incredibly well. So that was really cool for me to realize that I can really take Fire Nation and my podcast and now funnel it in a very focused way to create a ton of value for Fire Nation within the podcast episode and within the workshop. And for those people that want to step up and take that next step and, and purchase that course, boom, they can. So it all comes back to, are you building your audience that knows, likes, and trusts you? Because when you are doing that via podcasting, via videos, via blogging, whatever it is, that audience really has a ton of value and a ton of power for you going forward. Yeah, well, this is amazing. Like you're building such an incredible, powerful community, John. A couple of last questions, you know, and I'm sure people would value this question. Like, you know, you, you've you got, I don't know, like what size is your email list? Do you, do you disclose that? Absolutely. I, I, what did I say, Nathan? There's nothing <laughs> a lot of that people, you can yeah, ask yeah, me. Yeah. Oh, of course. A lot of people don't publish their income reports either, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so our email list, I'll actually even give you the updated ones today because we have a lot of different email lists mm. that, you know, we, because we segment. I'm a big believer in segmenting yeah, because yeah. tagging, it just keeps, that's where it's at. Yeah. Tagging and, and we use Infusionsoft, which we do love. Um, and, and oh, by the way, we consistently 
call our list. Like we are brutal about it. That's why our unique open rates are sometimes 40, 50%. Yeah. Wow. Because if you've been, well, if you've been on our email list for more than two months and you haven't opened anything, you go into an automatic campaign that says, Hey, there's three emails that go out and says, Hey, you haven't opened any of my emails for a while. I want to make sure that you're, you're, that I'm providing the content that you want. So, you know, if, if you don't click in one of these three emails that I'm sending over like the next week, um, we're removing you from the email list. And I'd say about five to 10% of people like are like, oh, oh yeah, I was just gone. Like I'm opting back in. They'll opt back in. Wow, but like, that's a good 80, one, man. Yeah, but like 80 to 90% don't open those either because for any, you know, they just don't want to be on the list anymore. They just, you know, it goes to spam or who knows. And they're gone. We take them off our list. They're ripped off. And a lot of people that have been like, John, I thought I was on your email list. What happened? I'm like, oh, well, if you don't open my emails, you're actually you're taken <laughs> off my list. Yeah, wow. So, so when I when I when I woke up last week, we had over forty thousand people on our EO Fire weekly newsletter list. Yes. But as I opened it up right now, we're down to thirty two thousand because we just did a big two month cleanup and we ripped eight thousand people out of our database. And we just said, if they want to come back, they'll find their way back, but they're gone. Like they're off. Yeah. Um, wow. So our EO Fire newsletter is thirty two thousand. Our free podcast course is 26,000. Our webinar course is 9,000. That's if you sign up for a free webinar course. And we have what's called our master prospect list, which is just like everything involved. And that's 61,000. Yeah. Wow. That's really impressive. So, but again, this, you know, and again, this is a cold, like it'd be over 100,000 if we didn't do this every two months. But our unique open rates, if they dip below 40%, I do. I, I'm like, when's the next calling happen? Because there's a lot of people that don't that shouldn't be on my list. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So this is something that I know a lot of people would appreciate, especially people that I guess are looking to do partnerships, teaming up with people for promotions or affiliate stuff. Like, what advice do you give people to want to, you know, go around, you know, partnering up with someone, approaching them in the right way? Like, you know, let's say, you know. If if I was doing a launch and I was to come to you, or if someone else was doing a launch that that or, or a promotion to come to you, because you must get hit up all the time. I get hit up all the time, and that's just something that we don't do around right. affiliate stuff. But I'm curious, you know, what? Because I'm sure you've got some bad experiences, John. We won't go through them, but what would be <laughs> valuable to people to learn from that experience? Because I'm sure you get hit up all the time. Yeah, and again, it goes back number one that where we're at right now. It's relationship. Like, do I have a prior relationship with you? Have you been on EO Fire, just delivering value and and you know starting off with not pitching, just coming on and sharing your story to to, to help my audience, help Fire Nation. If you have, then we can talk. And then if your product aligns with what I think Fire Nation needs, like recently we've really been focusing on email, so that's why I brought on Ray Edwards for copywriting. That's why I brought on. Russell Brunson for your funnels. That's why I brought on Nathan for ConvertKit. And that's why I brought on Brian Harris for 10K subs. Like I'm really mm. focusing on emails this quarter because I know that Fire Nation needs to focus on that. And so I really do that. So do you get to that next step now? Does it also align with Fire Nation and with what I'm trying to provide to my audience? If he's, if that's yes for number two, then I'm like, okay, number three, like, W I I F M, you know, what's in it for me? Like, what are you going to, you know, what's going to be the commission splits? Are you having any bonuses, any promotions? Because I know I'll probably win or come close to winning. So I want to know what you're doing because that's going to appeal to me. So I can make sure that it's worth my time as well. And it has to be that three legged stool, that win, win, win. It's got to be a win for me. It's got to be a win for the person coming to me, which it likely is. That's why they're coming to me. But the most important thing is it has to be a win for Fire Nation. It has to make sense. Like, honestly, if someone approached me and said, John, like, I want to do something on Pinterest, I'd be like, you know, it's probably a good product, <laughs> but I just know my audience and my audience specifically isn't into Pinterest right now for any number of reasons. So mm. there's other audiences out there that would better align with that because Pinterest is great for certain people, but it just doesn't align with what I do and with Fire Nation. Mm, awesome. And the, this is really valuable advice that people can take away, not just like affiliate stuff, but like partnerships, which is something that you're very, very good at and relationship building. And that's, I think, uh, you know, the really most important thing I do want to hammer home is 
come to that person with value. What value are you going to provide to that person? Like if you came to me, Nathan, you were like, hey, John, like I want to feature you on the cover of Founder Magazine. I want to interview you for the podcast and put you on our blog. And, you know, because of me doing all this, I would love if you could, you know, return the favor and, you know, consider or talk about, you know, this product or service or promotion that we're doing. And then I'll say, okay, like there's, you know, this is it's a give and take here. It's not just someone coming to me being like, I want to essentially use Fire Nation for my benefit. Like, so approach it with a, you know, with an, an attitude and an air of providing value first. Mm, yeah, that's a great one. Awesome. Well, look, I know you, you've got to get running and uh, we've been speaking for over an hour now. Uh, it's been <laughs> An amazing chat, John. So much gold shared. I know our audience is going to love this. Man, like where's the best place people can find you? All the magic for us happens, Nathan, at eofire.com. You know, that's just our headquarters. That's where everything happens, eofire.com. You know, of course, we we did mention freepodcastcourse.com as well as uh, my free webinar course, which is actually at the webinarcourse.com but all of those links and everything else are just right on the homepage over at eofire.com so I'd love to have people check it out and and just as a final call to action Nathan it's actually something that I am so passionate about that I poured my heart and my soul into for all of 2015 I got asked the question all the time John what is the one commonality that your over 1,150 guests on EO Fire, what do they all share that makes them successful and inspiring? And I didn't know the answer, but I took some time and really thought about it. And it became so obvious to me that my guests know how to set and accomplish goals. That's it. They know how to set and accomplish goals. They are so good at doing that. So I spent all of 2015 creating my first physical product. It's my first physical product I've ever created. It's a beautiful leather-bound gold-embossed journal, which I've called the Freedom Journal. Set and accomplish your number one goal in 100 days. And that's exactly what this does. It just teaches you how to set a smart goal, specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, timely, and then accomplish that goal in 100 days. And... Nathan, this is a beautiful book, and I would just love for anybody listening or reading this right now, just just head over to thefreedomjournal.com. Check out what we have going on over there. There's a great video showing you everything. And even more importantly, Nathan, I know that you're moving in this direction as well. We have partnered up with Pencils of Promise and proceeds from the Freedom Journal. We are going to be building full schools like Soup to Nuts in developing countries with proceeds from the Freedom Journal. So we're really taking this physical product and just making something really special and significant out of it. And, you know, anybody that has this journal in their hands is going to accomplish great things, but also knowing that you're just providing the tools and the learning necessary to people who would probably never have that opportunity in these third world countries and developing countries. It's just something that I'm really passionate about. And I think Pencils of Promise is a great organization and I just love supporting them. Yeah, look, that's an amazing thing you're doing, man. It's always great to give back, hey? Yes, it just feels so good. Yeah, that's it. Awesome, dude. Well, look, we will wrap there. Thank you so much for your time. It's been an amazing conversation. Hey, guys, I hope you enjoyed this interview. As you might already know, our mission at Founder is to help tens of millions of people every single week with our content either start or grow their business which is exactly why we're partnering with world-class founders such as Damon John, Alexa Von Tobel, Greta Van Riel, and so many more to teach crucial skills such as negotiation, finance, e-commerce, and so much more. So if you'd like to get access to these free exclusive trainings, please go to founder.com forward slash free. These are 100%. We go super in-depth on teaching a particular topic And I know that you're going to love them if you enjoy this podcast. So just go to founder.com forward slash free. All right, guys, I'll see you in the next episode.